Today, I want you to now grab your Bible. And if you didn't bring a Bible, uh, before the person next to you finds out you stole theirs, grab theirs and go to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus 15. And I need, I need your attention for the first five minutes of this message. Because if you don't get it for the first five minutes, you're, gonna, you're not going to get it at all. So I want you to put your thinking caps on, be fully attentive, set up straight, be ready to um, uh, listen what the preacher has to say. Say this with me. I just can't wait to hear what you're going to say. Thank you very much. All right, Exodus 15, verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah, which means bitter. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? And I can't help it. I can't help it. When I, when I read about the murmuring people of Israel, I think of the Ten Commandments and Edward G. Robinson. Oh, this Moses. How many remembers that? Huh? I, I, already they was, two people tell me, hey, Cool Hand Luke was on last night, so I don't know if I'm teaching you the right stuff or something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, what shall we drink? And he cried, Moses cried unto the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree, which when, when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he made for them a statute and an ordinance. And there he proved them. And he said, if you will dil diligently hearken to the voice of thy Lord God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam. Marah was bitter. But now they come to Elam where were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees and they encamped there by the waters. Father, I ask and pray this morning that every person here, Lord God, would tune in to what's going on, or they would be attentive. I'm praying, God, that you heighten every person's ability to hear and to receive. God, you quieten every person here, Lord God. No moving around, no uh, distractions. Help us, Lord God, to be able to get what you want from us to get today. In Jesus' name, amen. It's just seven miles away. In Ruth chapter 1, verse 20, Naomi, who her husband and two sons had left Israel, and they had went to a place that God never told them to go to, and when she came back to Israel some 10 or 12 years later, she said to the women that were gathered around her, do not call me Naomi, which means pleasant. She said, call me Mara, which means bitter. For I went out full, and now I am come home 
empty. Mr. Sin will always do that to a person. I left full. I come home empty. Think of the prodigal son. The prodigal left that house and that dad and that mom and that structure that he had there. He left there saying, Daddy-o, give me what rightfully belongs to me. And he went and squandered it all. And he came back saying, Oh, Daddy. Big difference between Daddy-o and Oh, Daddy. Big difference. He went out full. He came back empty. Mara was the first stop after crossing through the Red Sea. Give me that up there on the screen. After the Red Sea, the very first place that they will encamp at will be Mara. And Mara was bitter. They had went three days and they needed water. And they get to there and they're thinking, I'm going to be able to drink from the water and from what, what this stream is and this pool. And the waters were bitter. God had to do a miracle to turn those waters sweet. Let me tell you something. Nobody in Bible times ever went to Mara to go on vacation. They made a wide berth around Mara. And even to this day, you cannot hardly find anything, any place on the planet named Mara. You can't hardly find anything named Mara. But a lot of places named Elam. And Elam literally meant big palm trees. There were 70 of them. And not only that, there were numerous trees there. There was a waterfall there. There was a pool there. A, I like this term. A limpid, a limpid pool that was there. Everything was, was pristine and nice there at Elam, but not so at Mara. Give me my other screen now, Becky, please. There are, I looked this up on the internet. I'm getting internet savvy. <laughs> Not really. It's K. Help me out here. What do I do next? <laughs> Elam Christian Center. Elam Baptist Church. There is an Elam, Alaska. Elam Christian Church, Elam Lutheran Church, Elam Christian Retreats, Elam Bible Institute, Elam Fellowship. Elam Mission Church, Elam Christian Services, Elam Gospel Church, and that's just a tad of them. And the interesting thing about Mara and Elam is how close together they were. They was just seven miles distance between them. That's it. One, a barren, bitter place. And seven miles further was Elam, a place of bounty and goodness. And the waters were sweet, and the shade trees were there, and the palm trees, and everything was lush and nice. Seven miles away. There's a long distance between from Orchardville to Hawaii. They look a lot alike. <laughs> But there's a long distance from them too. 
a long way from Orchardville and West Palm Beach. But from Mara to Elam was seven miles. The first encampment was Mara. The second encampment, Elam. Many a person has quit once they've experienced Mara when Elam was just seven miles down the road. Many a marriage has quit at Mara, the place of bitterness, when Elam, the place of palm trees. And what's the thing that they have between the two trees? What is that? The hammock. A lot of distance between Mara, where there's bitterness. And there's and Elam, where there's the palm trees and the sweet water and the hammock and your wife peeling the grapes. Everybody's got to have a dream. Many a marriage has quit. When Elam was just seven miles down the road. Many a minister has quit when they've tasted the bitter waters of ministry and think, well, forget that, I'll just quit. When Elam was just seven miles away. Yeah, but preacher, Israel didn't have a map. They didn't know that. My answer to that is, they didn't have to know that. They had one job to do was to follow the pillar of cloud by day and follow the pillar of fire by night. That's what they had to do. That's what we have got to do. We do not have to know every detail and every piece of the puzzle fit in before we can make the next move. We see that every time you drive your car at night, if we're going to drive from here to Centralia and get on 161, to be able to do that, you're going at nighttime, you're going to be able to see, I don't know how many yards ahead of it would be, let's just say 50 yards. You're going to see 50 yards ahead of you. It is not the light bulb being able to show the whole distance and being able to see every deer that's going to jump out in front of you or turkey or uh, Amish buggy or uh, it's dangerous out here. Just a few yards at a time, and then when you get there, you see a few more yards, and when you get there, you see a few more yards. The idea that you've got to have every detail figured out before you're ever going to make a move, where does faith work in and all that? That's not faith. Just like me telling Carlin, I don't know what, what we're going to do, but I know we're not building on to Orchardville Church. This is it. This is our sanctuary. I didn't have it all worked out. I didn't have it figured out. But I knew that much, and I knew God would do the rest, and thank God that he has. Amen. God doesn't want anyone to stay at Mara. What are we to do? We're to trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. God doesn't want anyone to stay there when Elam is just seven miles up the road. And the amazing thing about this is you can go to Elam anytime you choose. Let me tell you how this works. Elam is as near as a shut-in that you know. Elam is as near 
as you getting in your vehicle and going and making a hospital visit to someone. Elam can be as near as you picking up the phone and encouraging someone. Elam is as near as you sending a card to someone. You can go there anytime you want. Elam is as near as a nursing home. And thank God we've got George and Carol Bass that go there to the nursing home over at, uh, at uh, Jeff, or is it, where is it they go? At Sisney, and they go over there, and when the staff went there, and we sang for them, and I might add, I sang beautifully that day when we went over there at that Christmas day. And we sang for all the Christmas hymns over there. And I had one person after another that worked there telling me about George and Carol Bass coming over at Sisney and helping them and blessing them people and explaining scriptures to them. Thank God it's as close as that. At Centralia Branch, we got Ward and Mabel Folsom. They go and do the exact same thing at another nursing home. Thank God Elam can be that close. Let me clue everybody in. The fruit of the Spirit is just as important as the gifts of the Spirit. And to be, able to, to be able to go and share the fruit of God's love with someone. Preacher, I'm going to walk away from Mara, but I'm going to do that by going down to the altar. I'm going to tell you something. You're just going to, you're just, oh, it's just, oh, I don't know about that. Won't work. Won't work. You don't leave Mara at the altar, and you don't go to Elam at the altar. Don't work. Let me give you some Bible verses on this to prove that I'm not out here in left field. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, let me read this so I just get this precise. Jesus said, and it was about the altar. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that thy brother have ought against thee and there's some, there's some strife there amongst you, get up from the altar and go see that guy. That's what it says. That's what it says. It doesn't say that, that, you, that you leave your bitterness at the altar. It says that you put some faith and you, get, and you lace them faith, them faith shoes up and you get out there and you go out and you, can, and you go to that brother or that sister and you say, hey, there's something here we need to try to work out. It's not, God, you just fix all my problems or I won't have to ever have any kind of face-to-face of -face with anyone. It don't work that way. And I know that's way too practical for a lot of people here. Because they want a preacher to be able to say, Hyundai, Shondai, Bowtie, and it's all fixed. Don't always work that way. Give you another scripture. The book of Ephesians. On the same note. Well, I've done so much preaching here. I had my, uh, I had my little, that's what this thing's for. It's for preachers to where they know where to go. Right here, this little ribbon. But I don't know where to go because I've uh, I put it in the wrong spot. Uh, Ephesians. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. Give you another scripture on, along this same line. Verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, put it away from you. That's what it says. 
It didn't say go pray real hard. Maybe God extract all of it from you. It said you put it away. Amen. (laughs) And to follow it on. And you be kind one to another. It don't say God will make you be kind. You be kind. Let me do that in a bit kinder way. You be kind. (laughs) You be tenderhearted. You forgive one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. You can get to Elam by baking some cookies. And I'm telling you what, when April gets here, I am believing that Joy Taylor is going to bring in some oatmeal cookies. She's the greatest on this. And other people, I'm sure, will bring in some chocolate chip cookies with little pieces of walnuts in them. I'm going to Elam right now thinking about it. We got women around here that bake pies. Mary Street, Army McClintock, they're always baking pies for people. Uh, I think it was Mary that baked a pie and uh, give it to Dave Orr and the very next week, and I seen this rascal do it. He walked right up to her, Dave like this, and Mary like this. Said, Mary, that pie was good, but I'm telling you, that wasn't your best work. So, gosh! <laughs> and I'll be darned if the next Sunday she brought in another pie. Elam is as close as you reaching out and helping someone. Mara should be behind you. Elam is in front of you, and it's just seven miles away. Seven miles from heartache. Seven miles from bitterness. Seven miles from a critical spirit. Seven miles from unforgiveness. Seven miles from depression. Seven miles from self-pity. Elam with its waterfalls and its 70 palm trees is right there for the taking, but sad to say, And I've known this, and it's unbelievable that it happens. But there have been people that have left Mara, went to Elam, and then looked back and started going back to Mara. That's sad. That's sad. Let church leadership do one thing that you don't like, and you start looking back and traveling back toward bitterness. Let the preacher say one thing you don't like. Never mind that church leadership may have done 500 things that you like. It's one thing I don't like. A couple here years ago came to me and said, our pastor, that where we was going, uh, he done us wrong. And I know for a fact later on, I found this out, that that guy had been with them through the death of their son. He had been there helping them. He had worked with them and, and, and spent time with them. And I don't know what it was, but one, never mind everything else that the guy had done. He done one thing, but they didn't like. And they got here and it's just, oh, preacher, you're the greatest preacher. You're the, just the greatest thing. You're just the greatest thing. You're just the greatest thing. Well, they ain't no longer here neither. They start looking back toward what Mara is. Looking back. I'll show that preacher. I'll just go back. How stupid. They leave the joy of Elam for the bitterness of Mara. 
Every one of us has a choice. Either we can live on the glory road or we can live on the boring road. Either we can live shouting praises or we can live with griping phrases. I thought of that just the other night. <laughs> we can live raising our hands to God or we can live raising Cain against someone else. Mara or Elam, which one will it be? <clears throat> I've decided to live in Elam. I've made that decision. It's been about two years ago, somebody mentioned to me, oh, you know how that person done you so bad that time? And I said, I'll stop you right there. Honestly, I can't even hardly remember that. And I got a fairly decent memory. But the reason I got thinking about it, the reason I don't remember it, I hadn't been mulling that over every day for the last 17 years. It's just kind of fuzzy and hazy to me now. I refuse to turn around and go to Mara. And I'm telling you what, at one time I lived in Mara. Self-pity, bitterness. I hung around the citizens of Mara. But then I got around the citizens of Elam and I thought, that seems like a better deal. That seemed like a better deal. So I decided to go and live at Elam. And I found out it's just seven miles up the road. How many knows who Corey Tinboom is? I heard, uh, I heard John Hagee years ago say that he sat at the same table with Corey Tinboom at a book author's uh, signing thing that they had and had a meal with her and said it was one of the most influential 30 minutes of time he'd ever spent with anybody. Corey Ten Boom, who went through the, the Holocaust, went through the Nazi concentration camps. Her sister was killed. Um, her, mother, her mother, her dad was killed. And years later, she is in Germany, and she is teaching on the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. She said at the close of that service, I see a man walking down the middle aisle with his hand extended toward me, and he's the SS soldier, the meanest guy that was there, the one that abused those women, the one that was there when her, when her sister died. All of that was going on, and that guy was giving the nod for all of that to happen, the meanest guy there. And she said, I froze in my tracks and said, there he is with his hand extended toward mine. And gets right up to me and says, I too, Fraulein, have experienced the grace and forgiveness of Jesus. She said, it took every ounce of strength I had to lift my hand and shake his hand. And she said the reason why was she had kept a journal after the war. And she wrote all that when it was still fresh on her mind. And she'd go over that every other month. And she would look at that again and look about how this guy had done her wrong. And this guy had killed her, her sister. And this guy had killed uh, her dad. And this guy had killed her mother. And, and how her family was shattered. And how all these things had happened. And she said, I went home from that, from Germany and went to Holland and got in my den and walked over to a bookcase. And I got them papers and as the fire was in the fireplace, one by one, she started throwing those papers into the fire. And she said, the moment I got to the last one, 
She said, I felt a release from God knowing that I had let that go. God didn't take it from her. She had to let that go. She had to physically do something to where she could enjoy the true forgiveness and the true nature and mercy of God. Elam's not that far. It's just seven miles. Don't make it harder than it is. Should you go to the altar? You bet. And here's the reason to do it. We can decide to go to Elam right here at this altar. You can decide that I'm going to do that and I am going to uh, uh, befriend that person. You can decide right here at this altar. But from there you need to get up and go do that. What can you do at this altar that... What part can you do as far as salvation that, uh, that God does and then your part? Your part is responding. Now we shift gears. Because Christianity is not you do this and 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 then maybe you get saved. Christianity is done. It's not do and then do and then over here do and then over here do. It's done. All we've got to do is receive. And if there's any person here today and you need that forgiveness, all you do is step up out of your seat, you come to this altar, there'll be people praying for you, and you receive what Jesus Christ has already done. It's done. Let's all stand. Father, I am believing that today there's going to be some decisions made at this here altar to where people are going to decide to leave Mara and leave that bitterness and leave that unforgiveness and they are going to decide to go and live in Elam. And Lord, for those that's here this morning that's never said yes to Jesus as Savior and Lord, I am praying God that you, by your precious Holy Spirit, for Lord, I could preach all day and night and not be equivalent of what you can do in an instant. And I pray, God, in an instant, you touch that heart this morning and they would be willing to make a decision for you this day and for you to cleanse their sins away. God, I pray that if there's anybody here this morning never said yes to Jesus, today's going to be their day of days that they're going to do exactly that. And again, there will be people that will pray with you. Come on as they sing. Praise God. Praise God. If you need to come and pray, come on right now. This preacher ain't going to beg you. You've heard the word. Come on right now. Thank God.
Don't let anybody pray with themselves, church. Come on, take it upon yourself to get involved with this. Come on, if you need to pray. Elam is just seven miles away. Come on, come on, come on. Now my life's on sings. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was blind, but now I see. I don't know how, but when he touched me, I once was blind. our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.